This is about self-testing. If you've always felt uncomfortable about having a stranger, even if it's a doctor, poke and swab you in your intimate areas, <laughs> there's apparently a clinic that can make the experience less daunting for you because there won't be any doctors there, according to this article. So, Dr. Rajbans, with doctors not being around to help patients, how is this convenient? I mean, I'm not sure because in the sense that they're doing blood tests, which you still need uh, someone to take their you know, the phlebotomies to take the blood. We, say, right. what we do anyway. Doctors will see you, hmm. you know, run through a questionnaire, decide uh, or, or suspect what they or whatever diagnosis they feel you have. Then they'll order the appropriate test. And then you go and just get it done by uh, someone, uh, you know, the lab technician will take your blood anyway. Uh, exactly. But of course, uh, the taking a swap from, you know, like a private parts and that maybe some people are a bit shy and then maybe that's something they can do themselves and send it to the labs. And they right, right. Oh, I see. Okay, you yeah. do the swap swap yourself and then you sort of yes, send it somewhere from there, huh? would there so, be any concern about them being able to even do it correctly though because yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't mean, know how to swap myself talk, I mean the, the article does say that you know the doctors can uh, they can call a doctor and then see what's going on but still you know it's uh, something interesting something different but it's you know to, the interpretation again you know once you get the results uh, doctor will say okay you know you still have to go and see a doctor to get uh, you know to go to all the results to see what's going on and uh, even if your swap comes back negative now you're worried whether you did it correctly you know so all those issues had to be sorted out la. apart from the mm-hmm. price it's not that cheap I see to get the things yeah exactly because this out. is actually in Singapore and also mm-hmm. it's I read that it started out as a test for sexually transmitted diseases and whatnot but then also now they do all kinds of cholesterol and this and that but it's like quite mm-hmm. expensive how much is it Ash? It's uh, 59 Singapore dollars for each individual test and then the Packages start at about 129 Singapore dollars and up. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, what are the ways in which, you know, sort of the cost can be lowered, perhaps for those who aren't so financially able? Yeah, I suppose uh, it's, it's something in the private sector, so people expect to pay. I mean, we can't take it. Uh, so, you must take it as Singaporeans, like one to one means, then it's quite cheap, actually. If you look at, you know, 59 ringgit means in Malaysia, this in the private, so you probably get around mm. the same price here. So, uh, I suppose if here it's different, you know, you can't afford it, just go to a government setup mm. and they can do this test for you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even in the private, even in Malaysia, I think the prices are around the same. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Because it's not like an RTK for like COVID where you have to do it constantly over and over again. This is like, is it like a one-time one-off. deal? Yeah, it's a one-off, you know, so you just want to do mm. your blood to see whether your cholesterol, your liver, kidney, everything is normal. Okay, let's talk dementia. According to this article, more than 41 million people living with dementia worldwide have not yet been diagnosed, according to a report by Alzheimer's Disease International. Experts say getting diagnosed with a disease is vital, enabling those affected to receive support and treatment, which is more effective the earlier it begins and to take part in clinical trials. Mm. So, Doc, in some countries, um, as many as 90% of people with dementia have not been diagnosed. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, uh, it afflicts the older person. And, uh, you know, so the commonest symptoms in dementia, depending on the type of dementia, 60% are Alzheimer's disease, another 30% are what we call multi-infarct, small strokes that occur. And then 10% are all the other things, you know, whether vitamin deficiencies, thyroid problems, hormones, all those things. So first, mm-hmm. it's important to get the right diagnosis. But most patients, Alzheimer's or multi-infarct, will one present in memory loss. That means the short-term memory is the one that get affected first, you know. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, people initially can compensate you know, they forget something. Someone say, you hey, know, you just ask me. To, oh, you know, they say, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. So they compensate for a while. Right. And 
lot of times it is attributed to just age you know i am getting old so i do forget you know yeah everyone forgets so that's one common symptom the other one that they come up with they get um, sort of hallucinations they can get uh, confused they get aggressive you know mm. and that especially in countries where the education level is not high even in malaysia those days you uh, know sometimes uh, a lot of people think this is something that's either psychiatric or somebody has charmed you mm. or some uh, somebody right right i see you. yeah So yeah. a lot of our patients actually end up seeing bomos and uh, you know the temple people and seeing a priest before they come actually come to see a doctor because they think it's something else that's going on you know so so a delay in diagnosis uh, uh, but of course uh, more smarter people will suspect and come to you earlier so quite possibly the 41 million people, people worldwide are the rural people you're thinking yeah they're really not even sometimes smart people think that is you know this is like a denial right of patients who just for 2 3 years you know just manage to compensate and deny deny that something is wrong with them you know and they refuse to come to see mm. a doctor so until somebody Either that or then they're not even aware of it right doc because it's yeah, like oh i'm forgetful aware, today but they for, they don't remember all the other times yeah. they forget right yeah and that is not it's always the in fact the friends or family that is the one who forces them to come to see a doctor because they know mm. that something is not correct you know mm. yes there a, a guy who's a businessman and uh, only three years you know since his symptoms but the wife ultimately convinced him to come because he thought he was okay just right. the friends and all in fact you know the wife didn't know it was the friends who called her from work and said look you know he's not performing anymore something is not right you know losing weight can be crucial to controlling blood pressure uh, but when diet and exercise fail to help medications and surgery are appropriate treatments according to a new expert analysis of weight loss strategies in this article call. Now doc, with exercises and diets failing to help, how do medications and surgery help with treating high blood pressure? I mean the medications uh, of course suppress your appetite, you know. Uh, that's the most how the medication work do they have their own side effects. And of course surgery they got a few types of surgeries now where they can see do bypass surgeries and all different type of things. Uh, so basically what it will do is uh, losing weight will bring down your blood pressure. So that's how they help, you know. And if people find that they exercise and diet has failed then maybe this is the next option not to lose weight so lose weight blood pressure will come down your sugars will come down basically controls your metabolic syndrome um, why would exercise and diet sort of fail is that a human error thing happening there Are you exercising wrong i i yeah. suppose it's it's probably not done correctly or people don't have the you know the patience to wait to let it work you know uh, because exercise and diet are not easy it's a long term commitment you know something you have to change your lifestyle and some people find it difficult to do so if if it's fail it's just because they couldn't maintain it that's all it's not that they got a medical problem that's another issue that's uh, when the doctors had told them look it's a medical issue so a lot right. of people who fail exercise diet just because they just couldn't maintain that long term yeah. you know okay. uh, commitment to doing all the things they need to do actually dr rajpal i remember we had a chat about this before like we talked about the intensity of the exercise maybe they think what they're doing is intense enough to actually lose weight or whatever it is but then in actual fact it's not so that could be a factor yeah. as well right and i think if you look at it seriously 70% is your diet mm, exercise right. mm. 20 30% okay. so taking reducing the calories you know and a lot of time people say oh, i don't eat much but you know right in front of me they are eating some biscuit <laughs> or they eating some chocolate and they say oh, i don't take much you know eat well little exactly yeah, it's relative right? to like right. oh, i don't eat a lot of sugar but when we see how much you're eating so like, actually that's a lot right calorie lot. calorie not quantity yeah. right yeah, yeah you know the in between snacks Yeah, they can't, mm. don't consider that as eating. Yeah. They just think of the three meals and say, "Why oh, don't eat much?" You know, but all the snacks in between, the drinks in between, you know that yeah. all those sugary things that you take. So people forget that. Doc, this uh, article talks about children and COVID. Uh, 
with 67 children dying due to COVID-19 this year compared to six deaths in 2020, the Malaysian Health Ministry aims to complete COVID-19 inoculation for 80% of eligible children before school reopens in 2022. What are your thoughts on the children getting the vaccine without knowing the unusual side effects? Yeah, I mean, we know that these vaccines can cause side effects, uh, especially in the younger age adolescents. Uh, but, you know, the, the death 67 is quite a big number, you know. So now the question is whether the, the cost, the benefit between not vaccinating and the side effects. Huh? Uh, so, but I think we got no choice. Lah. The COVID, uh, you know, the new strains are very aggressive. Yeah. And they can be very serious. People, are, young children are dying. So I think they have no choice but to get vaccinated and you know, and just see how the and treat if any side effect come treated accordingly. Lah. Okay, but the thing is, because mm. <laughs> any number of any child dying is. Uh, quite horrific already 67 is it yeah. because Very just high. the other day we heard yeah. like uh, they opened up the Langkawi travel bubble and out of 2500 people one person had COVID I mean when you talk about the rate of death of children with COVID is, is that a safe number to even want to try with the young kids yeah I mean I mean this is quite a high number isn't it yeah I mean but of course the total number is on almost 22 23,000 now true true the thing is uh, those who are not vaccinated seem to be now getting into problems you know so this number could be just the beginning if you don't vaccinate them more and more will get the uh, you know, the COVID and die. Yeah, because one of, one of the no uh, vaccine yeah. manufacturers mm. says that it's safe now for those, I can't remember the actual age, between 5 to 12 or something like that, right? Yes, I mean, the, the younger ones. Safe, but there... But you will have side effects, you know, and any vaccination, whatever vaccine you take, some people will get side effects. So mm. you just have to monitor those that treat accordingly. Yeah. So, you know, with, with the sort of um, side effects, especially related to kids like the thrombosis or myocarditis, um, and especially the boys, is there anything parents should do differently when, you know, you talk about after vaccination management I mean, for kids? Yeah, so the... So I think uh, they will tell you to just keep a close eye on, you know. Anaphylaxis occurs on quite fast, so you'll know straight mm-hmm. away. But yeah. things that thrombosis or myocarditis, so any symptoms develop, you know, where they complain of shortness of breath or chest pains or difficulty breathing, all this, you quickly bring back to the nearest uh, you know, hospital and get that checked up. La. Let's talk about boxing therapy that may improve gait stability and reduce the risk for falls in patients with Parkinson's disease, according to study findings published in BMC Neurology. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking actually about boxing Boxing here? We are. We are. So, Doc, what causes people with Parkinson's to have motor impairment and gait instability? Basically, uh, part of the brain called the substantia nigra gets affected. You know, there's atrophy there. So the release of dopamine is reduced in the body. And this causes things like, you know, Parkinson's, you get AGTT. That means you get very stiff, pretty kinesia. The movements are very slow and also tremors, you know, the hands will shake. All these are because of the lack of dopamine in the brain. Uh, so it causes all these uh, motor symptoms. Now, interestingly, they talk about boxing. You know, yeah. uh, it's someone who's already slow and uh, having, having tremors and very stiff to do boxing. Uh, I suppose if it's early Parkinson, it's something they can try. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, and boxing is not an exercise that everyone can do, I believe. Uh, I wonder whether it's yeah, mock it's just, boxing. It's exercise anyway, it's good. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because I, cause I don't think you want to be beaten up. I think it's just more like Thai bow where you're simulating punches and everything. Right? I That's think good. it's more about the sort of the hand-eye coordination and sort of that focus yeah. on hitting your right fist into the yeah. left pad and those kinds right, of things. Right. Is that what it yeah, is, so Doc? Perhaps, 
Yeah, it helps your coordination, gives you that aerobic uh, exercise, you know, balancing because you have to, you know, move your feet to, mm. to balance yourself. So I suppose there is, right. uh, you know. Mm. Mm. All right. So, I mean, other than boxing, though, because not everyone has those pads up. Or, or, or interested in that. Yeah, yeah. Or interested. Yeah, exactly. What other exercises can help us with gait stability? In fact, the exercises that I find that work very well, apart from physiotherapy, that means uh, you go to therapies and they do all the right exercises for you. I think things like your Tai Chi, Qigong, Yoga, mm-hmm. I think those mm-hmm. are much better exercises. They're not so intensive. But at the same time, they give you good flexibility. They give you good strengthening, give you uh, gait stability. All that can be done with these exercises, you know. So right. it's something they can look at, yeah. And they're also very safe. There's one mm. guy I read recently. He's like a 72-year-old or whatever uh, uh, older man who's been lifting weights a lot uh, even when he was much younger and then he just continued and then he's got, apparently the doctors say he's got the body or, or mind of a 30, 40-year-old man. Lifting Ooh. weights, Dr. Rasmus, is that a good idea for uh, the older generation? It is it's something if you can maintain, you know, and I tell people that uh, most people after a certain age feel that because they are old, they can't do all this, you know. But those who have maintained, mm. I've got people like uh, in their 70s and 80s who are still lifting weights, who are still mm. very fantastic, you know, build a <laughs> lot of strength, a lot of uh, muscle, no sarcopenia at all, no frailty. So, But it's not something you just start like that. Right? If you've never done it in your life, don't start now, you know, you build slow and start now. But those who have been doing, you know, carry on. You know, yeah. I think it's... Uh, the age doesn't matter at all. 